What's the Script Tech Podcast, where we feature engineering leaders in a series of one-on-one interviews, panel discussions and live talks, where we'll be discussing what's new, what's hot and what's not. Tune in every week to find out what's the latest and what's the script. Hello, hello everyone. My name is Mike Sullivan, founder of Scandiscript, and I'll be your host for today. I'm delighted to welcome Christopher Nolgren, Head of Product at Slate Technology. He's our third guest on the What's the Script Director's Lounge series, and I'd be very interested in speaking to him about our topic today, bringing your whole self to work. But firstly, welcome to the podcast, Christopher, and how are you? Thank you so much. I'm, uh, I'm glad, Michael, and really happy to be on beyond the podcast brilliant all right uh, so bef- before we m- move into the questions if you could let the listeners know an intro to yourself your journey up to now and your interests outside of work absolutely uh, so uh, i've uh, i've been working in um in the startup kind of industry for for the last 15 years in various type of uh, product roles before I knew even there was something called a product manager. I did some kind of product management. Uh, and uh, yeah, latest before Slape, I was, was with the Voy, helping them scale the e-scooter industry throughout Europe. Uh, and now I, I joined here at Slape um, uh, since three months ago, approximately. Uh, and uh, yeah, I'm a part of their very exciting journey to bring equestrian um, diagnostics to uh, to more people. Brilliant. I know uh, Slate's got an exciting product with a, you know, a real-world use case, um, but also how about your interests outside of work as well? Oh, right. Yes, absolutely. So <laughs> I used to have a lot of interests outside of work uh, in uh, yeah, adventure-wise, I'd say. I love skiing and, and um, sailing and, and hiking and climbing and that kind of stuff, but uh, last 18 months or so, my main interest has been my my son that I got then, and uh, spending a lot of time with him as much as I can, um, and uh, yeah, watching him uh, explore the world. Yeah, absolute handful, I suppose, like like they all are. Um, so. For sure. Yeah, we, we, we can speak about sleep later. Um, I've got you know very keen to hear more about that. Um, you know, further on in the podcast. But before we get on to that, we've got a very important topic, um, sort of your your idea for the topic, bring, bringing your whole self to work. <coughs> so let's go straight into the questions with it. For you, just to set some context, what does it mean to you to bring your whole self to work? Right, so uh, yeah, it's a very good question, uh, or a very good starting point, I guess. And I think there's a lot of People use this word in different ways, so uh, good to tell you what I mean. And and um, I'd like to explain it like thinking. I mean, we're let's start off here that we're all really we're experts at being humans. Like you know, Malcolm Gladwell has this saying that you need to, you know ten thousand hours to become an expert at something. And like we all have actually way way more than ten thousand hours exercising being human. And uh, I think something really remarkable happens when you try to tap into this ability when you're trying to achieve something really in any work you do but in particular in in the kind of work that is the intersection of product design and uh, engineering uh you know I, I mentioned my son before he has 
during his first 18 months here he's been like i mean you see you see how much time and effort he puts into figuring out what what like yeah being a human is all about and this might sound a little bit uh um strange now but i'll give some examples to give an example on on how, how we are when we're humans and um uh it's a lot about these things that are maybe a, a little bit hard to to articulate or put put into words uh so like for example creating a strong judgment on something from experience or having a judgment just based on your experience. You don't know why something is wrong or right, but you know it because you've, you've seen it before, you've done it before. Um, it can be the ability to size people up, like this is a person worthy of trusting or not. Uh, I, think, I think we automatically know how to do that because we've interacted with so many people. Um, knowing what's good and bad is another thing like this is actually not not a nice thing to do and and we know that if we listen to ourselves we know we know this on the inside um or even i mean something really basic maybe it doesn't apply to to the to the working environment but you know riding a bike it's very hard to explain how you do it but when you do it you know how it works and this gets even more interesting if you talk about people working in a group which is you know what we do when we uh when we we uh yeah we work with product development uh, so one example would be, you know, if you, 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 sh you start showing weakness, which is a very human, human thing to do, uh, and the other people in the group, then their, the automa their automatic response, the thing we know to do is to show compassion and support each other in that, in that situation. Um, but it can also be maybe emotions or situations on the darker side. Maybe, maybe you feel anger. And that is a, a energy you can kind of challenge, challenge, channel, <laughs> you can channel to create change. Uh, yeah, in the company you work in, in something that doesn't work the way it will, uh, or something like um, maybe more fun, like you get you get uh, you get inspired by each other and you build on top of each other each other's ideas. This is not about like writing down specifications, doing very clear definitions following some rules or something but more just on the very natural thing to uh, uh yeah that that we we kind of work automatically as humans and uh i don't know i sometimes call this feeling human and i mean yeah there's a lot of ways to get work done but i'd say all good work all really valuable work that i've been a part of creating or seen being created has actually come come from this place um so that that's what what I mean by and and I want people to bring this entire self to work all these uh, good and bad uh, emotions and experiences and and that we make room for them in our organizations. Yeah, that's a great great first answer and you know thanks for setting the scene with it. Um, but we're actually hosting a podcast in the next couple of weeks, building resilience and psychological safety. Um, oh. with, with some guests so hopefully that you, you can have a listen to that or even a question for the guests um, in a couple of weeks considering you know your answer just there and I'm going back to what you said about um, you know trusting like you've got IQ so intelligence but also emotional intelligence I remember we did a, a workshop I think two years ago in my previous company um, uh -huh. emotional intelligence is is it's like common sense some people say common sense isn't actually that common so yeah have you got any insights into emotional intelligence or have you done anything in particular with it or like in the workplace yeah. um yeah I, I absolutely don't think it's common i, I think it's a, maybe a a, a a way to diminish it a little bit i think um i talked to my to, i talked to former 
former manager of mine, and and uh, she told me that uh, she had just done a test where where um, she was asked to um, to to look at faces and distinct like to, 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 you make a distinction uh, what what their um, yeah their emotion was or what what like their uh, what the, yeah what emotional state they were expressing. Uh, and yeah. she was like, oh, it was really, really tricky. And it was very, like, nuanced and so forth. And then I went home and talked to my girlfriend, who is a behavioral scientist about it. And then she told me that is actually an emotional uh, uh, intelligence test that is used also for screening against uh, or for uh, psycho, psycho, uh, so, so, uh, psycho, psych, psychopathy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for people being psychopaths, basically. Or if it was sociopaths, I'm not... Hundred yeah. percent sure, but um, and I, I think like these are actually like really, really tangible skills that some people have, some people don't have, and just like with IQ, we can all develop them and become better in them. And I think we can also, for certain roles, for in particular leadership roles, I think we should, the same way I think we should expect them to have high IQ, we should also expect them to have high EQ. It's it's not, uh, um, it's not the uh, and like uh, nice to have. It's a need to have. Um, yes, definitely. And yeah, and, I, and I brought I, it up with you for I, IQ, but uh, I'd actually be curious to bring that into the screening process for, for hiring, especially for more senior roles. Um, yeah. Uh, because they can make so much harm, uh, the ones who don't have that ability. So true. And and like in that workshop, I remember it was, uh, I think like there are eight states, it's like eight positive and 16 negative. So it's so hard for the mm. human brain fall into the negative because it's just, just i don't know if it's like a a, a natural reaction to do it or we are we're all just pessimists especially maybe brits i don't know right. but, <laughs> but uh, it was uh yeah it was an interesting workshop but yeah th- oh, thanks yeah. for setting the team with that question but i know yeah. i know i've said that before about common sense being not so rare um no why why is this so rare in our workplaces um you know bringing your whole self to work yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a uh, that's a tough one. Um, okay. This might get like a little bit weird for uh, for a business interview here. But uh, like, uh, how much do you know about uh, Aristotle? Aristotle. Oh, not not yeah. too you're challenging. Not that much. There, okay. But... <laughs> yeah. Sure. Okay. So this this might be. Uh, yeah. This is uh, this is my personal like view of this, but. Essentially, okay, so uh, I started a little bit of philosophy in, in the university and uh, like the, I mean, he's, he set the foundation for, for the entire Western world and built built the foundation for some really great stuff that we have now, like the rule of law and, and uh, the natural scientists, sciences and, and uh, uh, yeah, a, a, lot of, a lot of the things that we, yeah, we really enjoy now is, is uh, yeah, comes from his ideas. But there's like a, a fundamental thing in his thinking that I think is, uh, uh, yeah, is causing this lack of trust in in human in the humans in the in the organization, and uh, he because he basically established that uh, there is a right kind of way of thinking, and that is uh, precursor to what we might call deductive thinking today or lo- logical reasoning or something like that. So, like just an example would be something like you know all dogs have ears, golden retrievers are dogs, therefore golden retrievers have ears. So that kind of thinking, and 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 he thought that all correct, everything that was true was supposed to build up on these kind of uh, structures. And 
and that's i mean it's really useful and it's great to have an objective world out out there that that we can all agree upon i think that the problem with this is that to start any like reasoning or any uh, yeah any discussion you need to start off with objective facts um and and they they have their their room in the world but um uh but all the all the things i mentioned there in the beginning like even riding a bike or professional experience or 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 just like uh, the joy and inspiration of of collaborating and solving an interesting problem together it's almost i mean it, it's not something that you can easily articulate the value of in in our language um so so but but because of uh, because it's such an influence on our world we have all these like we have like this kind of tendencies of like we have to start with the definitions you hear some people always they like you, you don't get anywhere because you need to clearly define what you're talking about before you can start collaborating on something and then uh a little bit of that that magic that human feeling or the feeling of humanness is is uh, is going away and it's a sensitive thing so uh yeah and 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 um kind of another kind of interesting side note on this is that when you take away the subjective perspective on something you also it's a very very efficient way to to remove power from people and and claim it for yourself so it's it's also a tool to to take control and and remove uh, yeah remove control from people uh, and and get it yourself instead and i i don't think that's uh yeah it's it's a good way to get power in an organization but maybe not mm. um not so good for for creating great products i think perfect and obviously going back to you know bringing your whole self what is the biggest yeah. ob- obstacle in stopping this for you know for people in organizations or employees yeah uh-huh yeah i i i mean there's there's a lot of stuff and i mentioned a little bit there in the in the last question but one one big one i'm going to talk about and this <laughs> sometimes gets me a little bit upset but i think that we have a we have this obsession in our culture uh to um, to measure everything very and i think measurement has a a very strong role i mean at slape we work with trying to uh, to create an objective measurements of uh, of a horse's um yeah lameness or or asymmetry basically so and, and that that's really i mean it's it's super valuable i think but the the problem is you know the good hearts law that says that when a measurement becomes a target it ceases to be a good measurement and i think this is a this is a really good way to to um um uh yeah to make work kind of dead and and soulless um the the okr process that that's being worked used in many companies i think has the potential to do a lot of good and and support people and empower them to to uh to run forward with things but yeah and it's uh, okr is short for objective key results with for those who doesn't know and the idea is that you set up an objective uh, and then you figure out a couple of key results that are ways to keep yourself accountable to what the objective is and to understand what what it is you're trying to achieve um but the the problem here is that people a lot of places i've seen at least uh, the objectives are kind of glanced over the thing that should be what you're really trying to uh, to uh, achieve uh, they kind of become more like a placeholder for a bunch of different key results so what type of metrics can we put up and and uh, uh and how um 
yeah, and what should, what should they exactly be, and how do we measure them, and so forth. That that usually becomes the focus of the organization and and uh, um, or or of the conversation rather. Uh, and I think it should be the other the other way around that we put the objectives in in center, uh, tell people with our words that uh, this is what we want you to, this is what's important for us as an organization, and then and then uh, let them go with that, and then we can have a couple of key results that we use keep on the sideline to uh, to um, uh, make sure we're we're on 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 track and and uh, so forth that would be that would be my thing uh, abolish uh, abol- abolish the obsession on metrics okay yeah so obviously when you when you talk about metrics um, and other sort of um, you know management techniques how do you enable as a leader um, or encourage, you know, bringing your whole self to work for for, for your yeah. for your colleagues, employees. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And this is this is hard. I I I mean, I'm no I'm no expert, uh, for sure. I'm 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 doing my best, but I I I I think it's all it's really really about uh, 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 about the people. Not surprisingly, maybe since you since what the topic is about and and. Uh, uh yeah first you need to find the the, the right people uh i mean people who really want to work in this way and and understand the value of bringing their whole self to work it's not for everybody some people just really want a, a list of uh, of tasks uh, and go into work uh, complete them go home uh, and that that's it and uh, i think that's also fine i don't think maybe you're going to be a great contribution to to a startup or somebody who who's trying to change something but but uh, there's for sure a lot of of good work that you could do as well, um, and then I think in this way of working, you need people with sufficient practical experience as well. You cannot work with too many too junior people. Um, uh, if you have junior people, they need to be there to be developed to become more more experienced. That must be the focus of of that work. And if you can do that investment, I think it can be a great investment. Uh, but but uh, not so much uh, as a, as a single contributor short term. Uh, so yeah, I I try to spend as much time as as I possibly can on on really finding the right people and being very due diligent in in getting the right mentality in there. Um, secondly, then mentorship and feedback. Uh, I'd uh, say, I mean, yeah, you you need to first. I mean, to to get that working well, you need to establish trust. Uh, and and uh, uh, and uh, build build a strong relationship where you feel that where the person you're working with feels that you are there to help them succeed and not to try to control them or figure them out. And that then then you can start having honest conversations about what types of improvements needs to be done, and and they don't result in you know fear or or uh, or. Uh, uneasiness but more like an excitement to develop and grow and i, I think that's that's a, a good a growing ground um yeah, yeah and then uh, i think i think trust uh, is so important isn't it like yeah you can't yeah. and sometimes as well it's hard to over, overlook obviously in a workplace when the trust is broken sometimes it's hard to yeah. see it but you can't obviously yeah. i don't know it's, it's a tough one uh, not just in workplace but partnerships you know, business in in general. I think it's the number one thing yeah. for me. Yeah, and, and I I agree. And I, but I think also like um, 
you know that that's also one of these like uh, very human like it's very hard to say like how do you measure trust was broken or 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 yeah. um, something but you know like i mean if you are aware of what your like your inner self your 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 mind your soul whatever you want to call that place where that information comes from uh, what that is saying to you, like you will know when somebody's not trusting you. Sometimes you'll ignore it and you will suffer for it. But like, yeah, you, you, like we, we've all had that happen. And like we've all lost trust in somebody, maybe didn't really acknowledge it in ourselves or we lost somebody's trust and didn't acknowledge that either because it's an inconvenient truth. But then, yeah, so it's a good example. Um, uh, and and really the, one of those clues. Yeah, I wish I brought that up as an example at the beginning because it's it's one of these glues that hold people together and and mm. what that makes uh, ma- ma- like makes collaboration possible. There's a lot of research on on that. Like there's some so, so, sociologists has done work on like the the more people in the society trust strangers, the more kind of successful that society is on all sorts of metrics, and and. Uh, I mean, the financial situation we're right in now, like we don't, we no longer trust our system. So we start mm-hmm. worrying and we can't focus on, on doing something productive and everybody just gets stuck in, in, uh, in uh, very unproductive type of work <laughs> or focus or activities. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Interesting example with the, I didn't know that actually mm-hmm. about the, uh, the society as a whole, um, but obviously make, mm-hmm. it actually makes sense, doesn't it? When you look at, you know, some countries performing better than others on a, on a macro scale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it goes a little bit uh, the other way as well. Like the people who don't trust society, maybe don't. They have good reasons to not trust it. So yeah, it hard, goes, hard yeah. to piece out the cause and effect there. But uh, but yeah, I think that, I think there's something to it as well. Like, um, yeah. Well, this leads, you know, really well onto our next question. So... Mm-hmm. Um, leading on from trust. So, question actually from Frederick Olofsson, engineering manager uh-huh. at, Kla- at Klarna. Um, so, mm-hmm. he's asked, What is the most vulnerable you have been with your team? Referring to the Brené Brown kind of vulnerab- vulnerability. Uh-huh. So, uh, if you know, I don't know what that is. So, if you could explain that part first and then answer the question. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not, I know she's, she, so she's a sociologist who's been doing her research on. On shame, and I've seen like, but I'm not super familiar with her there, so I can't really, I can't really speak to that. And I, I yeah, you sent me the questions just before the interview, and I thought of this, and um, I, I'm actually not going to answer this one. I think I'll keep that between me and my team, but uh, I, I, I want to keep it on because I think it's a, it's an interesting kind of way of looking at this, and and uh, kind of a, a, an important point I think is that uh, in this kind of work, like vulnerability or uh, bringing your whole self to work, it. I, and uh, uh, it can become a little bit performative. Uh, I, I don't think it's important that you're maximum vulnerable, maximum, like you don't have to be Robbie Williams in in uh, Dead Poet Society, you know, you can you can be just a little bit human at work and, and that, that can go a really long way. And, and it's like almost the other way around that it's not about trying to come to work and and bringing as much as possible it's more like trying to remove the obstacles that are in i mean for most most part like this is most important for the leaders but for everybody in an organization to remove any obstacles that you have that stop other people from like bringing parts of themselves to work and and uh, uh, and and then the amount of yourself that needs to show up is gonna 
is going to show up. Uh, and I think, I think quantity, like it, that this happens often, I think is more important than that. It, is, it has to be super, super deep all the time and everything has to be very, very, um, uh, very, very, very human, but that it's a part of everything that happens at work. Yeah. Sorry, Frederick. You'll, uh, uh... Yeah. <laughs> I think like stepping out of your comfort zone and hitting targets as teams or, you know, working overtime, not all the time, but, you know, once every month yeah. or once every couple of stuff like that brings teams together, I yeah. suppose. Um, I remember doing it in my old job, um, managing oh. people, like hitting targets and then going out celebrating that, that brought yes. everyone together. Yeah, 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 for sure. I think we have, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you're getting out of the office, that, that kind of stuff is, uh, is a nice place to, to soften things up a bit. And, uh, but it's good that like you try to bring all those, the, I like that, that energy, try to bring it back into, into the office as well. So it's not like some kind of exception that happens outside of work. Like this is, yeah. this should be in, in the everyday life as well, I think. Um, yeah, I agreed yeah. with that because there's nothing worse than having a good time and then sit, go back to the office on a Monday and it's like, like business person, yeah. business person. Like, Wait, what's going on with you? You, you was nice to me on Friday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. Just, like I say, bring, bring your whole self, you know. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. Um, We're a, what's that drunk so... bastard? I, I, I I, 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 I was on about trampolining, but so next question. Um, it's a bit of a long yeah, one, yeah. so Vic, Victor's made me earn my money with this one. He's CTO uh -huh. co-founder at Nevermind, and he'd like to uh -huh. ask. So some individuals may feel hesitant or uncertain about bringing their whole selves to work due to concerns about potential judgment, bias, or negative repercussions. Um, mm. So how can organisations address these concerns and create a safe and supportive working environment that encourages, <coughs> that encourages employees to be authentic without fear of discrimination or backlash? Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it's a tough one because, yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think, I mean, this is um, the, the values that an organisation holds. I think... I, I've tried to fight this uh, once or twice in my career, but it really it's it's it comes down to the leaders in the organization, the top the top leadership. Their their values and beliefs are gonna cascade through the management structures down through the organization, uh, and 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 it's the, the the people in the organization are gonna pick up on that and and replicate those values. So. Uh, and that makes it also very hard if you're like a mid-tier manager or somebody who's supposed to or trying to create this in a way that create this for your team um, uh, if, if you don't have the support from the upper management and yeah so so um, yeah what you want to do is go find a manager that or a leader that that deserves this that has the um, like personal insight or like a mental dynamics. I'm trying to figure out the English word for this expression I'm trying to, but yeah, basically, yeah, hopefully it's gone to maybe a little bit of therapy or at least has some self in insight and, and, uh, uh, can manage to like pass those I uh, EQ tests that we talked about in the, yeah. in the beginning. Uh, cause other, I mean, it's impossible otherwise, I think. Uh, and I think if, if you don't, and then, then people will be more or less, they will have more or less integrity or more or less willingness to share. Um, but I, I, I think, uh, 
they are setting the conditions and then it will happen to the degree that it needs mm. to happen. And there's no point in forcing this in, in somebody either, but, um, yeah. Of course. And uh, Monica Oberg, chief human resources officer at climate view sees along with you, she believes it's a super important topic or subject. And she's curious to, to ask, do you ever feel at times you need to compromise and why? <clears throat> I don't think I need to, to, I don't need to compromise on this. I don't think you, it's not something you need to compromise on, but I think I, I can't forget it at times. I mean, as many people in, in the product management role. And also if you like work in startups, like you're, you want to see, you want to see re results and, and you're like passionate about the, the, the things that, that you, you're, you're trying to, to get the organization to achieve and at those times with stress in particular you can be um i mean yeah you can you can you can forget about the value of this and and mm. and maybe press on more than than you need to so um yeah and that that's i mean it's a it's a it's a struggle and something you need to keep re reminding yourself of and also make it clear if you if you or when you fail on this hopefully less and less as you as you learn uh but that uh that it was like the the wrong thing to do and and trying to um uh yeah to 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 express your true priorities and values in in that um uh, that's that's at least my struggle i think yeah there you mm -hmm. got some some vulnerability at least hope hope it keeps uh, Frederick, uh <laughs> satisfied as well <laughs> <laughs> so yeah slightly different question um moving more towards your role it's like so Michelle yeah. Kahn, CTO at Spotting, <coughs> how do you as a head of product initially forecast and measure return of investment when it comes to each release or version? Mm. Yeah, as, uh, <laughs> as, uh, you, you heard what I said about metrics uh, before <laughs> I, I, no, I, no, honestly, though, no, I think this, if, if you can do this, it's, it's really, it's very valuable. Um, we spend a lot of time on trying to quantify things here, uh, but that's like the, the, the topic of the entire company and, and, and getting, getting good quality metrics on something complex in the real world. Now we are quantifying videos of horses, but I, I don't think it's particularly like necessarily easier than quantifying a business value necessarily. Uh, so I think there's a lot of naivety in both forecasting and then evaluating this in in a good way. Uh, if you talk to somebody who's actually, yeah, an expert in quantification, they like we're all at the top of the Dunny Kruger when it comes to to quantifying um, uh, things. So like we we believe it's easy and then we, we don't. Uh, when I've tried to build business cases in some organizations on the stuff, there are uncertainties there that are so big that all the all, yeah, all the, the, all the all the all the forecast business cases are in the same number range, almost. Maybe, and and like putting numbers on it rarely adds that much value. I think, and this might be a little bit different when you're in a startup environment. There's many unknowns. Your data quality is not usually that great either, and um, um, uh, yeah, and uh, you, you you're spending more of your time trying to do something you're not already doing. It's not so much about incremental improvements. Uh, so then I'd say, uh, 
often business cases just ends up being a way to uh, argue for a decision you already decided to do. Um, and uh, that's that's not very useful and also creates a bit of a false <laughs> false certainty that you shouldn't have in your things because you're venturing into into the unknowns. Uh, and I mean, I'm not... I'm not alone in this position. I know it's like some some of the giants in our field, like uh, Marty Kagan, for example, is very opposed to to doing uh, uh, business cases to to uh, to set priorities. Uh, I'd I'd go for trying to go for the vis- vision and values of the company uh, as as the um, kind of guide poles for for what to prioritize, uh, at least in the startup going into yeah until you start moving into more of a verwaltning uh, what's that in English uh, maintenance mode of the company then you mm-hmm. can start looking into business cases more I think well and obviously we've got engineers listening engineering managers CTOs so uh-huh. I suppose um, now this segment segment of questions may be focused on front end engineers or full stack engineers uh, it's mm-hmm. actually a special podcast for Scandiscripts, as we've been, we have a retained partnership with Sleep, um, who are actually currently looking for a senior front-end engineer. So it'd be good to hear some of your thoughts, you know, bringing this subject, um, bringing your whole self to work and, and the sort of environment with Sleep. So, you know, yeah. could, could, could you tell us about Sleep and, and, and the culture and what, what it's like to work there? Yeah, 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 sure, for sure. So I mean, this is this is the culture we're trying to establish. I uh, we're not 100% there, of course. I, I, I but uh, we're working on it. I think sleep is kind of um, defined by I think two things. One is that it's a it's a startup, so a lot of things happen very fast. If you like, if you like uh, like having impact of your work, this is a, this is a nice place for you. Uh, things doesn't have, have to go through a bunch of meetings and committees. Usually, the people who Need, are needed to make a decision or are or, or in the room you're in so we can make decisions fast and 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 focus on like building cool stuff uh, so that's very nice i think uh, what makes it kind of a, a little bit different than many other startups i've worked in at least is that it has this uh, kind of academic uh mm. part of the founding team and many of the the uh, founders so it has a bit a little bit of the academic flavor as well there is a lot of reflection and and debate but also like a a more sustainable long-term perspective on not burning people out and not like um uh, not like yeah looking yeah looking looking towards the future in a way that that at least good people in the uh, academy or academia can uh, um yeah uh, yeah add to the table usually um so uh yeah yeah, quite a different special type of startup environment. And yeah, the company is doing really well. Uh, I mentioned it briefly in the beginning, like we've come up with this tool that allows you to do uh, uh, a, a, a lameness diagnostics on a horse um, and and uh, objectively, uh, so measuring it. Um, and before before we came around, you needed a, system that cost around 50,000 euros and putting pins on your horse for, for an hour with our solution, you can do it just with a f- phone. Uh, yeah. And, and no, no, nothing for the horse or anything. So, uh, yeah, we really, really demand in this. We sell as much as we, 
have time to in uh, responsible or like in a good to make sure that we have good user experience mm-hmm. for our customers. Um, yeah, on a on a good way to to like um, cash flow positivity, really good investment from founders and 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 uh, investors, uh, which means that uh, there is some like. Uh, breathing room and ability to focus on building a good technical and organizational uh, foundation for the company, which is really nice um, uh, and kind of a rare situation to be in for a startup, uh, I believe, or from my experience. Yeah, it, it truly does sound like an amazing product. Um, yeah, and I know you've been there for just, just over three months now, four months. What made uh-huh. you join Slate? Yeah, so um, this um, this AI, this whole AI thing that is <laughs> spinning around in 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 our society right now. I felt I've been thinking on it for like the last two years that I think that, like within a couple of years I want to have worked with some AI products because that's a that's mm-hmm. a place you want to be in the world. So that's how I initially found interest in Slate. Uh, I think it's going to be hard in. Yeah, most of the product roles to, to to do a good job if you don't have experience and understanding the special challenges and situations of AI. Uh, so yeah. that that was cool. And then I met Axel, our our CEO, uh, and got very. He has a very strong vision for the company, and uh, uh, and I, I got kind of like a, yeah, it felt very good to have a, a person who could uh, who had that basically in in. Uh, in the company and then the fact that it's doing well on the fundamentals is I think yeah it's it's a very nice bonus for me as a product manager but it really impacts the rest of the organization as well yeah what what I love about yeah what I love about it is um, that they said real world problem solver rather than you know Uh it's not it's not like I'm bored of generative AI but it's been absolutely in your face now all year and there's not right. too many real, real world <laughs> examples um so yeah and like I said if it's if it's cheaper more cost effective than your competitors it just looks looks pretty yep. cool and like I yep. said on some of my posts I didn't even know it was a thing really with with horses I didn't know just to even solve that problem um you know, in yeah. a short time is, is amazing yeah, no, it's a it's a it's a big one in horses as well. It's like half of all the. So first off, if you have a horse, you spend huge amounts on health because horse a lot of them are very expensive and they they are not. I mean, they're elite competitors, so they are kind of on the edge of their uh, mm. on the, on their abilities uh, and and like most of that is lame lameness. Uh, so this is a, like a, a really big part of of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, and um, sort of going back to the the subjects, bringing your whole self to work. When you're looking for an engineer, um, obviously the, this role uh, and the next couple of roles are going to be ultra important. Yeah what, yeah. what are you looking for for this one? A new hires moving forward. Mm, yeah, I mean, so of course, there, there is of course uh, we want someone with an excellent technical ability and stuff, but that's uh, that's maybe more for Max or head of development to talk about. Uh, I'll, if you talk maybe more on the on the soft skill side, I want somebody who, who uh, or we we want somebody who is uh, on, uh, uh, yeah, who 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 is able to to drive stuff and take full ownership, bring bringing their whole self in, and be capable to collaborate 
with with other other people on the team uh and and enjoy like work working together with other people uh and and uh yeah building on bouncing each other's ideas and uh, uh uh that are uh gonna support us in building that that kind of culture um yeah where where we kind of effortlessly uh, co- collaborate and create things together um nice <clears throat> and and uh, that that little bit of dj mixing that was just uh christopher's airpod falling out so <laughs> sorry my bad yeah but, <laughs> but um last question in relation to sleep so what other than product sort of team what's cool about sleep and you know sleep technology and why are you enjoying it there? It's really nice people, really nice and really competent people. I think this combination of the uh, horse niche and and uh, and uh, that we do some like yeah pretty cool tech actually has for such a small company with the limited resources and reach you know like you everybody in this size struggles with. We've managed to uh, attract some absolute world class talent here uh and i really really enjoy spending spending time here in the office with these people so that would be perfect um, and and a last question christopher anything else you'd want to add or any anything you want to cover no i think this has been a blast uh super super nice to to talk about this i hope yeah i hope uh, whoever listens enjoys it as well Absolutely. Like I said, amazing podcast from, from my side. Really enjoyable speaking with you. Um, bit of a history lesson in some parts and a lot of theory <laughs> that I, uh, I need to brush up on, definitely. Um, but yeah, fa- thank you very much for joining me this afternoon, Christopher. Uh, you know, being a real pleasure. Um, and, you know, li- any listeners moving forward, if you'd like to feature on a future podcast, please get in, t- in touch directly on LinkedIn or email me. Um, at michael at scandiscript.com Cheers, speak soon